Hello and welcome. You are listening to The Investor Lab, the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. Today's episode is very special. I was joined by one of Australia's you know, most well-known, he's a household name. His name is Jeff Jowett. Now, he became famous through his business ventures such as Body Trim, Vision PT. He scaled to the upper echelons of business success and he's also scraped the bottom of the barrel of emotional turmoil. So, he's got an amazing perspective on, on building resilience and finding fulfillment and finding happiness. And the reason that I wanted to speak to Jeff is not only because he is supremely insightful and impactful, but... During this time, over the past few months, everyone has felt so much pressure, change. There's been a lot of upset and disruption in the way people think and feel. And I know that it's caused a lot of people to get stuck, stuck in a quagmire of inertia, wondering are that what they're doing is what they're doing correct? Are they moving in the right direction? Why? And a lot of people are feeling stuck. So I thought it was a really, really important and valuable time to get someone like Jeff on. Now, as I mentioned, Jeff has scaled the heights of business success. He's now a high-performance and mindset coach. So everything that we talk about today, he's coming from the perspective of coaching high-performance business owners. But I want you to listen really carefully because everything that he says can be directly translated to the journey of not only a business owner, but a real estate entrepreneur, someone who is building the business of being a real estate investor. It's Super impactful stuff. And there are so many gold nuggets in there. I really encourage you to listen to this episode twice or three times and take some notes because there's so much gold in here. We spoke about you know, how to develop resilience and find happiness. We spoke about how to break free from limiting beliefs and practical advice for anyone who's feeling stuck. We also talked about the common characteristics of high performers, how to break out of a slump, the three pillars of purpose letting go of control and finding freedom. Uh, we spoke about you know, breaking free from the disease of more and so, so, so much more. It's extremely impactful. And if you have felt any kind of uncertainty, un a lack of clarity, lack of purpose, lack of motivation, I know that this is really, really, really going to help. This episode is going to suit anyone who has been affected by the, the disruption we've felt in the last few months. So I know that that's going to be basically everyone. As I say, I encourage you to check it out. Go deep on this. Uh, we were very lucky to get some of Jeff's time. He's an extremely in-demand individual. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity for him to be able to share some of his, his insights with you. And so without further ado, get stuck into it and enjoy. And of course, if you want to take your investing journey further, there are many, many ways that you can leverage the skills, insights, perspectives of myself, Gabby, and the rest of the team by heading to theinvestorlab.com.au. There's free stuff. There's like stuff that's totally free that you can get access to. There's um, com partnership programs, communities, all kinds of stuff. So feel free to head there, check it out. And of course, if you want to be part of a community of like-minded real estate entrepreneurs or finding success and fulfillment in real estate, then please head to theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. I've got nothing left to say. This episode was really, really great and deeply insightful. It actually was have ended quite hilariously too. When you get to the end of the episode, you're going to hear a lot of kerfuffle. Jeff got a, uh, a hamstring cramp right at the end. So it ended quite abruptly and quite high energy. But as I say, there's a lot in this and I know you're going to love it. 
So dig into it and please let me know. We get people reaching out to us and letting us know what they thought about these episodes. And I've got to say, we love it. It's really important. And what's actually even more important than letting us know is letting your friends and family know. So if you think that this episode is good, if you think anything that we've done has been good, if you think that um, this is beneficial to somebody else, then please do them a favor by sharing it with them. Share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it on wherever you are, share it with a friend, send someone a link, do whatever. Because the more that we can spread our message, the more that we can help people. And that is the aim of the game for us. We're here for you so that you can be there for other people. So thanks for your time. Let's jump into it. I'll see you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Lab and joining me today is a very special guest. Now, the bit of a backstory for this guest is he has scaled the to the upper echelons of business success, but he's also seen the other side of business failure as well. And he, this is giving him a unique perspective on developing resilience and how to impact people on a much deeper level. His name's Jeff Jowett, and he's a household name for many people, thanks to the successes of some of his businesses, business ventures like Body Trim, Vision PT, and so forth. But now he's one of Australia's most sought after and impactful mindsets and high performance coaches. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Jeff Jowett. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hello, mate. How are you? Good? Mate, very good. Mate, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Now, we've had a, um, a couple of interactions through masterminds that I'm involved in and all kinds of stuff. And I've got to say, every time that, that I've had the opportunity to spend any time with you, it's been supremely impactful for myself. And so I really want to, on behalf of everyone who's listening, thank you for taking some time out of your day because I know that you've got a lot of value that you can really share. Now, before we get started, I just want to frame up this episode in that what we really want to focus on today is, is helping people to get unstuck because a lot of people have they're finding themselves caught in a sludge of their own emotional um, detriment. There's a lot of negativity floating around and stuff like that. And so I think it'd be great to sort of get some insight and perspective from yourself on how to break through that inertia that's holding people back and stopping, stopping people to take action in their own lives. But mate, if you don't mind, why don't we just take a little step back and talk a little bit about your story and, and where, like your kind of story over the last few years and how you've gotten to where you are today. Sure. Uh, well, uh, I'm 43, my life in uh, a paragraph, millionaire at 25, broke at 30, living with dad, $40 million business, 35, bankrupt and in AA at 40. So definitely had the highs and the lows, uh, big highs, big lows, a lot of ego, uh, insecurity, status, and uh, all of that culminated in complete uh, financial, emotional, spiritual bankruptcy at 40 and that was ironically the gift and the lesson and the, uh, the blessing for me to change. One of the things that I say to people is that, uh, you know, they're, they're the only common thing in their life, the common denominator. They've been there for all of it. So pretty sure they played a part in all of it, as did I. And we often celebrate our wins and appoint blame elsewhere for the losses, but it's normally well, it's always not that way. We're there for all of it. Probably not as much for the wins as we give ourselves credit and probably more for the blunders than we'd like to. So that was a big thing for me, awareness and ownership. And at 40, I, uh, I'd had a problem at times with drinking. I got sober uh, three and a half years ago. That was a, a changed my life as well. But I was always defined by 
success. My success was defined by my wealth, my business, my brand, my car. And then that all went down the loo. And um, that was incredibly hard because I was still very much in ego defined by those things. And I had none of those things. So uh, that was either jump off the balcony or completely rebuild and, and reframe how I live and learn and value things. And that was the absolute gift because uh, it, I had enough pain to change because I say we don't, we, we don't grow when it's easy, we grow when it's hard. And you've got to have enough pain to need to change, to avoid the pain. And I, I just had too much pain. I'd gone broke twice over the 20 years and made big money broke, big money broke. And, um, mate, my way wasn't working. It was too extreme. I was too self-centred. It was... And I got what I deserved without a shadow of a doubt. I needed all of it to happen. And then I slowly changed my trajectory and I slowly went about rebuilding. I was always in a hurry to rebuild, play catch up, get back where I was. That's a massive mistake whenever you do that on the sporting field or business. So I slowed down, got back to basics. Uh, I was lucky to have two little dogs who very much saved my life and really uh, healed me. And um, then I got into horses and a really simple life that I never imagined I'd love. And I was thinking about it today, the, you know, uh, being happy and feeling successful because uh, I was never happy and I never felt successful. I was excited, but I wasn't happy and felt successful. I I believe success is a feeling. It, it's not a number because if it was a number, as soon as you hit the number, like X million dollars or X amount of investment properties, as soon as you hit the number, you have a dinner at Rockpool and then you make the number bigger and off you go again, not happy until you hit the next number and then not happy until you hit the next number. And that's what people do for 40 years and they never actually are that happy or feel successful because the number keeps moving. So success is a feeling and, and I think we need to define it by our daily actions, not our past achievements, because totally. we can con yeah, we can control our actions today. Yeah, to to totally. I I I hundred percent agree with that. And on myself, I can share. I've been on my sobriety journey for about uh, a year and a half, so I can empathize. Oh, good on you. Well done. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely life changing in so many ways, and and you know life is so much better for it. But for a lot of people at the moment, they may have lost their jobs, may have found financial hardship, may have found emotional hardship may be really struggling with the shift in values mm. and shift in perspectives. And now there's kind of two ways you can take the current environment. You can see it as a very um, oppressive scenario where it, with no way out or you can see it as an opportunity to rebirth, redefine and reassess your value proposition. So for most people though, for most people, they haven't had the opportunity to really go down and crack open and crack past that ego and understand how to redefine success. So mm. for, for how can having been there yourself, what advice do you have for people to help them navigate or to break free from those kind of that kind of mental state where they're feeling lack when really if they viewed it with a different perspective, they would see joy, opportunity, abundance and prosperity. Sure. Well the first thing is a lot of people need to feel they're in control. And the day that you realise you're not in control is the day you can begin to build your life because we can't control everything. We just can't. And, you know, I think you've got to be fluid 
you've got to be fluid and flexible. You've got to flow with life, not, you know, I was so rigid, concrete with my goals and deadlines and my plan and sometimes, you know, shit happens and nothing you can do. And now you can fight it, you can try and swim upstream or you can flow with it. But I'll tell you one thing, if you're, if you're fighting to swim upstream, you're not seeing what's around you at the time because you've got your head down and you're missing things. So I think the universe, the world, whatever, it's too big and strong for me to fight against it. I try and go with it these days. And in my experience, what I thought was, was the worst was the best. What I thought was the best was the worst. So I go with the flow and my life's really good. And what, I never thought it would be. What do you mean, what do you mean by that? The best, the best, what you thought was the best is the worst and what you thought is the worst is the best. What do you mean by that? Well, I thought when you've got Ferraris, Maseratis, you're on TV every day and, you know, all that, you'd, you'd just have to be the happiest bloke in the world. And that's not the case. <laughs> well, it wasn't for me, mate, because you get stuck in the disease of more. So I was very much defined by my cars and my houses and my first class everywhere and whatnot nothing wrong with it but if it defines you if that is your metric for being awesome i think it's a slippery slope and i think it's external validation you see feeling successful is an inside job not the number on your air airplane ticket or the brand of your car or the watch on your wrist and i'm fortunate that i did all that and a lot of my friends did all that. And even those that still have all that, we all believe the same thing, that it, that just isn't really what fills you up. Now, there's nothing wrong with making heaps of dough. I want to make heaps of dough again, but for different reasons, not to show it off, but to do good stuff with it. So we want it. We need to build wealth, but why are we building it? I was, I was doing it to build my self-esteem i wasn't really doing it to build a life and i say that you know business is a vehicle to build your life a lot of people become defined by their business but it's a vehicle to build their life it's not their entire life and that's why i say people need hobbies outside their business otherwise they're just too they can't see properly because they're just so obsessed with it and they micromanage and they smother it and things take time to evolve and grow, and people do as well. So for me, yeah, the thing I thought, if I was on sunrise and that every day and I was with the cars and the this, and if I lived here, like life would be the best, and everyone's, oh, he's living the dream. And, and it just, the more that I succeeded commercially, the more I just kept started looking at others that were doing more and thinking i got to do more, more, more. So I didn't get the feeling of success at the time, if that makes sense, because I'd be looking at someone in America or, you know, wherever and thinking, I've got to do that and pushing and never actually going, well, we're going pretty good. This is good. So I didn't get those feelings along the way. Now, it's very different now. And these days I, I live a very simple life and I would have thought a simple life would be boring, but I love my simple life now. So... Yeah, what I thought would be shit turns out to be great for me and what I thought would have been the field of dreams. Now, it can be the field of dreams, but you've got to have your ego in check. 
And if people want to build a big public profile, if that is commercially smart to monetize for their business, perfect. But if they're doing it for other reasons, then probably not perfect. So, you know, what's the strategy under the goal? Why am I doing that? Why do I want to do it? Like, really, why? And that, it's so important to understand what's driving us. That's, that's the big thing. And for me, it was insecurity and status. And I wanted to, pardon me, I wanted to, to, feel, I wanted to feel like I was a winner. And when I started again, I got a lot more, uh, I guess, contribution, fulfillment out of, you know, developing people around me, all my clients, the, the CEOs I coach, the business owners and execs and helping them develop and build their businesses with them. I found that I find it really rewarding because I get connection out of that. I ended up very disconnected on the booze and whatnot. And so now I feel very connected and yeah. I get a lot of uh, contribution out of the work I do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good you could, because I was, I was about to ask actually because you're very clear in defining what you were and what the motivations were. Money, status, disease of more, cars, ego, very clear. Like it's super clear that you're very compartmentalized. You've obviously done a bit of, obviously done a lot of work in identifying what didn't work. What, how could you, are you as clear on what are the core motivations now? Like what is, what is it that really gives you that, that depth of fulfillment and happiness now? Like what is, it, what is that fuel that's in your tank? Like what is, what is it that's really driving you forward as an individual? Sure. Well, uh, I broke it down. Uh, I'm big on ratios and, and also, you know, frameworks around things uh, in businesses and in life. So I concluded for me, retrospectively, that one of the keys was three things, hobbies, purpose, love. So I think everybody needs a hobby outside of work. They need a, to have a, a sense of purpose in the work they do, not just make and dough. Uh, and they need to be able to give and receive love, uh, people and anim animals, doesn't matter if they're your, your dog, your cat, your horse, that, humans, whatever, but give and receive love, sense of purpose and a hobby. They were the three things for me that, because you've got to feel joy. Joy is like the juice. If you don't feel joy through your days and know, know how to, what joy is to you. Joy is playing with my dogs down the park, with my horse. Um, I didn't get joy out of the uh, luxury items per se. I got excitement, but I didn't get that deeper feeling of joy. So I needed the three pillars. That was important. Uh, another thing for me was a process focus. So I teach a lot process, not outcome. So 90% of your headspace has got to be in a process or your daily actions. What you got to do now, not where you're going. You get in the car, GPS, you type it in and then you drive. You don't look at the GPS. And a lot of people, they're, they're so fixated on where they're going, they're not doing today's tasks well. And if you don't do today's tasks well, how can you build? You can't because it's like laying bricks, but they're all shit. So you've got to do it properly or it falls over. So I also uh, deployed a, a single task focus. So whatever I do, I just do that single task, tick it off, do the next, tick it off, do the next, not juggling four things at once. You write the list at the start of the day, you get clarity on where you're going and then you execute. That's really important because a lot of people struggle with head noise. They're so busy in their mm. head that they're not present. And if you're not present, then your creativity, 
your even your intelligence is is compromised because there's too much noise it's like you're watching channel 7 9 10 and the radio trying to keep up with it so we've got to work on getting that noise down a bit so process focus hobbies purpose love that was a big thing for me uh because that way when i worked i was full i wasn't empty and a lot of people they they build businesses and I've got a lot of clients like this. They get late 30s, early 40s, make lots of money, more than they probably thought they would. And they're like, but I'm just a bit flat. They're a bit flat because they've got nothing outside of the business. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And I was going to, that's, that's good. So one of the principles that, um, that, that I live my life by, we've got, I've got about 14 principles that I read every day to help me align with, with what I'm doing. And one of those is to thrive on the process, focus on the beauty of action and not the ego of outcome. That's something I read every single day. Now. You touched on there, um, you know, pro- process, hobbies, the three pillars, a purpose, all of that kind of stuff. Some people, though, uh, don't know how to get themselves going, like how to get off the couch, you know, like when you were at your lowest point or whenever, mm. or whenever you've got yourself into a point where you, because sometimes it's easy to go, oh, yeah, 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 follow your purpose, find more love, find more joy, yeah, find more happiness, yeah, give more love and all of that kind of stuff. But sometimes when you've got so much head noise and you're so confused and your life is mm. so disruptive you can't go to the gym you don't know how to go out you're stuck in the house you're fighting with your partner you've lost your job like all that kind of stuff mm. how can you how can you how can someone practice some practical steps to crack that wheel to to overcome that inertia to build more resilience and to start to focus on finding a pathway to happiness and fulfillment sure well for starters it takes time so when I started, I wanted to neck myself every day. Uh, I hated my life. I thought I, you know, the world would be better off without me. I'd made lots of mistakes. Uh, you know, I blame. By that stage, I was blame. Yeah, I went from not blaming myself at all to blaming myself for ev- everything and then some. And and you know, it, you don't click your fingers and go whoop de do. It it takes time. So it's. For starters, for me, it was surrendering to where I was. Stop kidding yourself. You made mistakes, own them, and, mate, one foot in front of the other. So that was down to AA each morning or NA each morning and just doing, you know, from the uh, the CEO chair to the alcoholic chair and just do it. Mate, that was hard, very, very hard, but I kept going. I had the little doggies there that gave me some sort of joy and I got purpose out of them because I had to feed them every night. So... Um, and, and take them for a walk and whatnot. So that was like, that was ground zero. And then what I realised was that if, if I'm present, not in my head, but present, then I'm okay. But if I'm in my head full of fear about what may or may not transpire, I'm never going to be okay, regardless of anything. So I, over time, learnt how to become present more of the time. Breathing exercises, Focusing on one thing at a time, doing every task well, not making tasks big or small, not making big decisions at work bigger than vacuuming the floor. Because we go into performance anxiety and overwhelm. And because we, I, I say, when you focus on the result, you get overwhelmed. When you focus on the process, you get the result. So there was a, a lot of these sort of principles that were, were the framework, if you will, for me to, to sort of one foot in front of the other. Uh, not be uh, not be in a crazy hurry and 
you know, what I say to people now, this has been a very challenging time and a very, a very um, unique time. Uh, but, you know, the sun is going to rise and set again and, and people will, uh, opportunities will come out of this. Now, it might not be the opportunities that they had prior to it. Things may change, but we've got to accept. You know, it's Buddhism 101, acceptance, non-attachment. And a lot of the fear and the pain comes out of attachment to what we were going to do and, and, and where we should be, but we're not. We're not. We can't change it. So we can either fight it or accept it. But if we're defined by where we thought we should be, then, then we're going to be attached all the time and, and we're going to fight life. And if you fight life, it's going to fight you back. That's for sure. If you're in a shitty mood, you're not going to have a good day and probably most people be in a shitty mood too. It's just how it works. It's energy. So we can either flow with it or we can fight it and it's very, very hard fighting it. So th this, this time for people, like I, I had my rock bottom years ago and there's a lot of people now that, you know, this is very, very hard, I know. But what, what I try and say, what I say to everybody, and I do this myself, I, I, I keep my living expenses small. I've got sort of six months of savings. You've got, you know, you save a bit for a rainy day. You don't live on a knife's edge. You sort of, in case, you just got a little bit of dough stashed aside and you just got to live modestly because you just don't know what's around the corner. Now, some people might live modestly and it's still impossible. I get it. But we, all we can do is start where we stand. What can I do today? And I, I say hero, not victim. So. You know, those people who are on their knees right now with, with the COVID situation, and I say everybody's, everybody's affected, but very few are infected. So very few are infected by COVID-19, but everyone's affected by what's going on. Some people more than others. So the reality is, well, what can I control? What can I do today? My daily actions, who can I call? Who can, you know, what conversations could I have? What opportunities could I explore? How can I sort of be thinking in a, in a solution mindset instead of what's not working. Like we know what's not working, but you know, what, what's possible because out of this, I guarantee there will be startup businesses that will thrive because of the disruption, because people will have seen new opportunities. That's not everybody. And I'm not saying it's possible for everybody, but we want to have the eyes open. We want to be awake and just, be open to change. Be open to change because it's changing. Now, it might not have been on the, uh, on the forecast, but it is happening. So we have to accept it, be open to it, and with that, what could come your way? Mm, no, that's good. That's good. I think, yeah, I think, I think understanding flexibility, be, being malleable to change and all of that kind of stuff is absolutely critical because you can only, you can only control your current situation. You can only, as you say, be where you are, look around and see where you are and then see which way to go from there. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I'm mindful of time, one thing I wanted to ask, I've got sure. two key questions that I want to ask. So you're now one of the most sought after high performance coaches, specifically for a lot of you know, real estate professionals, but also business professionals on all kinds of levels. You've got a lot of experience operating with some pretty high-performance individuals. What are the most common characteristics, good and bad, of 
high performance individuals in your experience? And high performance doesn't necessarily mean business success. High mm. performance could mean anything. High performance could be high performing, you know, at just being the most relaxed person on earth. But there's like, you know, there's high performing mm. energy. So what do you think are the most common characteristics, good and bad, of high performance? Well, I think the overwhelming majority, because uh, you've got to get out of inertia into momentum, and that's what you touched on before. Like if you can't get off the couch, that's inertia. How do you get into momentum? Mm. And for a lot of people, the ego is good there. It gets you going, right? But you can't use that forever. So a lot of people, when they start their businesses, they want to sort of, prove themselves to the world and that's okay for a period of time but then you transition so if most people who build big businesses they they want to feel successful and they think that, that building the business will do that so they rip in and and it gets them going so it's good gets them going that's fine but you know down the line you you, you modify that sort of strategy a bit because it becomes very exhausting and you get to a stage where you just don't care what other people think because Anybody who's got a profile will know that you could cure cancer and literally discover interstellar worlds and people would still be down the pub saying you're a dickhead. So you, you, you can't look for external validation. The bigger you get, the more you're going to get rubbished. Uh, because, and I'll tell you why, because anybody, and I've been there, anybody who's in pain, in victim mode, it's very hard to be happy for others or to celebrate their success. The only people that will celebrate your success are people who are successful in their own right. And most people, if you surveyed a 1,000 people, probably 90% of them, you know, aren't where they want to be, don't feel successful, aren't that happy. So 90% of people aren't going to be pumped for you and aren't going to go, you're awesome. So it, it's an inside job. And, and I stopped, you know, I stopped uh, looking for that praise or validation when I felt enough in myself. And that's a big segue. So a lot of businesses, the high, the high achievers, they, there's an ego there and a competition there in the early days. And then, then they start to love their craft and then they love to serve and, and they love, they kind of love the process behind it and they become more like artists and they really love building the machine. And I, I love business. It's like sport. I love, the dynamics of business now and building teams and structures and all of that stuff because I've been doing it for 20 years and it's easier when you're sober. Who would have thought, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, and you get good at what you do. I enjoy that now, so I do lots of that. So people who are high achievers, I'll tell you what, they, all, they also, you've got to play to your strengths. You can't be a high performer if you're not playing to your strengths. So you know, what, do, what do I love? What do I hate? You've got to write that down. You've got to do what you love. You can't be a high achiever or performer at what you hate. It's too hard. You've got to love it. You've got to be aligned with your, your, your gifts, your gifts, your talents. You know, get, you know, hone those, but work out what they are, what comes naturally to you, what energizes you, what feels light, not heavy. So you want to do things that you love, things that feel light, things that come naturally. Like that's a, a good start. Am I doing that? And for a lot of people, they fall into their first job. That's fine, but it doesn't mean you fall into it for 40 years. So if it doesn't align with sort of what you love and it feels light and you're, you're a bit of a natural at it, well, it's probably not the thing. I think everybody's got infinite potential, but we've got to get 
in our corridor of skills or in our sweet spot. So the high performers find their sweet spot. They're competitive. They that and that that fuels ambition and drive. And you know, as I said, early days that's a great thing to get you going, but it won't keep you going because you become jaded and resentful. Because you know, you build any an organisation of any size, and you're going to have issues with staff and competitors and whatnot. And if you're looking for praise recognition from everybody else and those sorts of people it's not going to come all the time and you're going to get burnt out so you need to change what drives you after a period of time so do you think you've found your corridor of purpose do you think you've found your 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 absolute like found your place do you see yourself doing what you're doing now in 10 years time or is this or is this just a passing like are you moving do you think you're moving through a phase or do you think you've found your your calling so to speak well, uh, John McGrath, who's one of my best friends, it, we were chatting, we ch- chat a lot, but Johnny said the other day, mate, what's next, GJ? What, what? And, and I, I said, mate, more of the same. So, Goose, I don't give it a lot of thought, mate, like 10 years on. I'm happy now, so I keep doing it. I'm very fluid. I do like the real estate industry. I think it's a beautiful business. I love the business model. I right. love them because it's so simple. It's such a beautifully simple business. There's not a lot of moving parts. So it's a business model vehicle that, is, that I can scale that I will probably get involved with uh, in a more serious manner in time. Uh, it's, and building leaders and teams and offices and, mate, it's, it's great. You know the buyer work, the real estate. I I just love the whole thing, and the and the thing of it is, mate. It's it's as honest as it comes because it's bricks and mortar. Like you're actually selling something that's real. You're not selling Ab King Pros on the TV or some cream to get rid of the wrinkles, right? So this is real, and you are you are advising people. You are giving people guidance. It's a service, and it can be. And when it's done well, it's awesome. And giving people the skills to do it well, not to be a salesman, but to do it well. Top of mind, not a pest. How can I serve, not what can I get? You know, teaching people the finesse to do it well. And I've had very complicated business. Franchising is very hard. Pardon me. Uh, I had uh, fast-moving consumer goods. So we had a lot of different product lines in Coles and Woolworths. We were also direct-to-consumer. Uh, advertising, uh, TV, uh, print, radio, on digital, massive, like a lot of moving parts, supply chain, import, export, raw materials, so many moving parts, uh, low margins. <coughs> Real estate, it's the best. You, you know, you get a clip of the ticket on the way through. You're connecting people. You're building relationships. You don't hold stock. You don't, uh, you're not manufacturing you don't have warehousing and distribution. The business model is just so beautifully simple. Having seen so many, I've had offices abroad as well. And, mate, it's hard. When I, when I really got my head around real estate, I go, how good's this? This is incredible. Like, but I, here's the thing. I, I love the industry, but it's not all I do. So what I mean by that is in terms of where's Jeff going, just, you know, living. So... I, I do what I do so I can ride horses and play golf and like that. That's my reason as well. I love horses and animals and 
mate, that's a big part of my life. So I do things that I can monetize to have time to do that. I don't want to work 15 hours a day. Like, right. I don't want to work 12 hours a day. I don't want to work 10 hours a day. And I don't. I'm very selective with the clients that I have uh, and who I take on. A lot of the time I, I knock people back because I don't think it's the right fit. And, mate, it works really well. So I'm not looking to whatever I do, there's going to be a, it, it, will be, it, it will be a component of my life, but it will never overtake my life like it did in my 20s and 30s. Now, that's, that makes sense. If you like, what kind of legacy do you want to live? Like, if you were, if you, if, if you're like when you're on your deathbed and then, and if you had one lasting message or imprint or whatever you wanted to leave on the earth, is there anything? Or is it just like, no, it's like, it's all just part of, it's all just part of a universal soup of energy and emotion and feeling and it doesn't really matter and you've, you've gone full Zen and you've detached from even that outcome and it's like, the, that doesn't matter. Or is there some, like, is there something that you want, some way that you want to leave an impact on the earth? Short answer, no. I, um, <laughs> yeah, short answer, no. And, and yeah. to be honest, and we haven't got time to go through it, but the leave a legacy thing, you know, it, ego is something we've all got. It, it's in us. It's the shadow self. Mm. And, and you know, leaving our mark and, and, mate, the best way to leave your marks to be a, a good human, be kind. Come from a place of love. That's how you leave your mark. If you want to, if you want to change, be the change. You know, that, that, if anything, that's what I'd like to, but I don't want to do it to start some movement. I just want yeah, to do have it a statue or something like that. Mate, to how good Jeff was. Yeah. I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that, mate. None mm. of that. Like I, I, I used to crave respect and recognition. I, I don't give it a second's thought because that's ego. Like if you, if you do the right thing, then by default, without giving it any thought, I'm sure people will respect you, but who cares? Like, why are you thinking about that? Just do good deeds. Simple. You don't need, you know, you don't need to be fluffed up for it or, or celebrated for it. And, and um, you know, I used to love awards nights and, and whatnot. And Johnny McGrath said to me this, uh, the, the last one, he goes, I'm not even going to invite you because I know you won't come because I, I just don't do that stuff anymore. I'm mm. just happy to, do, to potter away. I don't, yeah, I'm just happy in the background, mate. So um, the, for me, like on my deathbed, I just hope I was really happy. I had a happy life. I was happy because I being having been sad for a long time. It's just terrible. Mm. If you're happy and you got joy in your life and you pay the bills and it's great, life's awesome, mate. It's really good. Now, having been in business for twenty years, of course, you learn a lot, mm. and of course, you know I will do different things and make money, but. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define me or make me better or worse or any of that shit. I don't care if the bloke at golf's got two bucks or two billion. I really don't. You know, I, I'm there to, to have an experience at golf and have a chat and have a laugh and off I go. Like, it, I don't worry about any of that stuff anymore like I used to. So the, the thing with my methods and I, I guess philosophy is that businesses, you know, improve and grow. They don't shrink. It's not about sitting down in the park or meditating or, you know, bloody whatever. It, 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 this stuff it works for business because it gives you perspective. It gives you humility. It gives you presence. And you become more efficient in what you're doing. And you don't overthink things because you've got other things to do. So it, it's about output. It's about output. It's about being effective. Like everyone's busy, 
Uh, how, how are you going? Oh, busy, busy, busy. Everyone's busy, but what are they doing? Are they winning? Are they effective? Are they getting stuff done? 100 phone calls a day for like one appointment. I don't know if that's winning. It feels, sounds really hard to me. So, if, you know, what do we tweak? Are we, do we need to pivot? Like, we've got to be really, I'm very clinical with things, with all businesses. Is it working? Why do we do that? Oh, because he did. Yeah, but they didn't have mobile phones in 1980. So maybe there's a better way now. Who, who, maybe we can give that some thought. So, you know, you want to be sanity checking everything. Is this the best way to do it now? Why? 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 Come up with a better process. Look at things so you can you can build a better business and have more time. That that's the thing for me. So, I yeah, it's really interesting. A client said to me the other day. He said, "Mate, you couldn't do what you do now a few years ago because it wouldn't have been enough. You wouldn't be in the spotlight." I said, "You're exactly right." So my my motivators are different, Goose. But I you know I had I was definitely. Um, you know, life broke me. I made the mistakes and it really hammered me and I learned the lessons. I'm blessed for that. So I don't, you know, I just don't need the, uh, the rah-rah anymore. Mate, makes total sense. We've got three minutes left. Right? Sure. In, in the last three minutes that we've got, how, what short, sharp advice have you got for someone who wants to be able to, who wants to be able to separate that, separate themselves from the disease of more and to focus on the, the purity of what they have? Well, stop comparing and competing with everyone else. That's the key. Everybody's looking at the bloke down the street with the Audi and thinking, I've got to get one. Don't worry about the bloke with the Audi. Don't worry about him or her. Just run your own race at your own pace. You know, what, what feels light? What do you enjoy? How can you add value? Like business it's problem solving. You're solving other people's problems. You're solving problems. You're, that's where the value, you, you, pain point, problem solve. Pain point, problem solve. Problem solution. So you do that. You just do that. You, you, how can I serve, not what can I get? Don't compare. And the thing is, like, I've got a lot of clients and I, a lot of work and I'm more or less full and I didn't prospect one person, but the work I did was valuable and businesses grew and people changed. So mm. they stayed and they, they told a few of their friends and speaking gigs and, mate, it was organic. It wasn't a big intergalactic strategy, but it was good work. That added, You've got to be adding value. Like the marketing strategy is good, but if the value proposition at the end of it's no good, you're gone. Mm. So. You know, when I had, a, we were spending 500 grand a month on media. Like I know a lot about marketing. Marketing's one thing, but what's on the end of it? <laughs> Otherwise, you've got a whole heap of churn and you've got a whole heap of people who are like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know, but it sounds good, but underneath the bonnet, it's not so good. So that's something that's really important. Is the value really there? If it is awesome, keep going. Nothing good happens fast. We think we can just do it in four minutes. You can't. You've got to you've got to lay the foundations. Every you know, building businesses, you've got to get your your processes in place. You've got to get all this stuff, the boring stuff. You've got to get it solid, otherwise you scale and it falls over. It's a house of cards, and I've done that. You can't just scale at a million miles an hour and not have a, not have the platform, not not have the foundation, and that takes time. Not have a management team and a, a capable, equipped management team, and if you're scaling a business. You've got to be investing in those people so that they're given the tools because a lot of entrepreneurs just assume others would do as they do, but they can't. They don't because they're not an entrepreneur. So 
You've got to give people the tools. You've got to set them up to win. That's really important. Nothing good happens fast. Run your own race at your own pace and we must stop comparing ourselves to everybody else. That is like the disease that everybody seems to be infected with. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's one of the most life-changing things that, uh, that I've been learning even over the last 12 months is to separate from that. Mate, one of the things I want to point out is that everything you've spoken about today, you've spoken about from the perspective of business and you've spoken about business and business. Literally everything that you have said applies to the journey of someone investing in real estate from a property investment perspective. Everything you pointed out that, that is a p- in perfect alignment with business is also in perfect alignment with the business of re- investing in real estate, acting in service and acting out of love and gratitude and focusing on the process. So mate, I just want to thank you for your time. I'll let you go and have a stretch. You're yeah, gonna, yeah. Get, thanks, get, mate. Get out of here and stretch. I really appreciate oh, your time. I'll send you a copy thanks. of this when it's done. Thanks, thanks so much, mate. Jeff. See appreciate ya. it. Bye. See ya.